Alrighty, Beyonders, welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I'm your host, Justin Smith. I'm here with Dan the Man Pomeroy and Jason the Basin Males. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't think of anything that rhymed with your name right offhand. Fine. <laughs> uh, like, what was your nickname growing up? Did you have one? Jay. Jay. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. All right, that's pretty easy. We all sound so surprised. I know, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of, uh, hey, Justin, the nick of time. Yeah, you know? they called me Jam and Jay. <laughs> jam and Jay. I wore jams. <laughs> you remember those? <laughs> or I thought you meant jammies. No, those colorful, uh, like, 80s shorts. Oh, yeah. All right. That was your signature move right there, huh? That was my signature, yeah. Wearing jams jam and Jay. And Jay, the Jay jam and Jay. <laughs> I don't know where to go with any of this. <laughs> we go to the next part of our show. All right. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we uh, missed last week because it was Thanksgiving week. We spent some time with our family being thankful for all the things that we have. We've got a show coming up in a couple of weeks where we're going to talk about not only the things we're thankful about, but our Christmas wish list. It's our annual Santa's wish list that we're going to be doing. So uh, I'm excited about that. It's but a holiday tonight. tradition, and yeah. uh, we can't let it go. And we're going to have some songs from the Muppets and John Denver. It's going to be great. It, it will be awesome. It will be very good. Oh, he's so, um Yeah, well, now we're going to have to have it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys for tuning in today. We are. I'm excited to talk about this one because this is. We, we've been talking about doing this kind of a thing. Sometimes we get review copies of uh, RPGs or products that different companies put out like Chaosium or or Free League or something like that. And every now and then they'll put out a gag order saying like, you can't talk about it until X date. Um, and the date that we can't talk about our product, which is called Alone Against the Static, it is a solo RPG from Chaosium, is the 29th of November, which is tomorrow technically so we're all going to be good because by the time this episode comes out, uh, you will hear about it. So we're going to talk about it. We had the opportunity to pick it up, try it out, take it for a little spin. We're going to give you our thoughts about that. But before we obviously get into that, how was your Geek Week, Dan Pomeroy? Oh, wow. All right. I had one awesome RPG session and one terrible RPG session. Ugh. Which one should I start with? The awesome one, because I want to go into the terrible. Okay. Awesome was we did a... It took us four months, even though we were playing once a month because we had to skip a month. We did a casino arc where we were playing Star Wars Sabacc. This is part of our Star Wars West Marches Edge of the Empire game. We were flying chips around, and lo and behold, we had one character kind of drive Lando, and Lando won Cloud City fair and square. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And even though the opponents, the the NPCs were cheating and two other players had made it to the final table, um, they lost all their money, but Lando won. And so it was great. We got to, we didn't break cannon, which was fun because uh, he was on there. He was, he was part of the cabal of people to win. And West Marches, it sounds like bad news, but it's dead. We've killed it. We put a bullet in West Marches. We're not West Marching anymore. I'm just the GM and I got players playing Edge of the Empire and we're kind of throwing a lot of the old West Marches stuff in the trash. If anybody else wants to run a game who's from this group, people go, cool, whatever. But that doesn't happen anymore. We started off with about 20-ish 20 players 
we're down to four, four regular players and one GM. So that's just an RPG group. And I said, hey, guys, can we just kill West Marches? And everybody's like, yeah, can we keep playing? And the answer is yeah. So, so, so let me ask you this. Do you think that most West Marches games end up like this? That they all just kind of fizzle down into a gaming group that you do regularly and one guy's kind of the de facto GM? Yes, uh, but that's my only experience. That's my only right. experience with it. Because, w- well, with any of these, you will have one player, and he knows who he is, who never missed a single session, no matter who was GMing. That guy was grubbing for XP constantly, and he's great. We love him. He's fantastic. But some of the GMs did a great job. Some of them got tired of GMing, and some of them would if they had time. So the only thing that worked was having one GM say, we're going to get together on one regular time, which is the third Saturday or whatever, and you're all invited. And I posted on the Discord. Everybody can show up. I don't care. I'll, I'll GM 12 people. I don't care. But that won't happen. So um, anyway, it, it grounded to, I, I, I put a bull in it. I just said, okay, guys, we're all done here. And everybody nodded their heads on, yep, we're all done here. So yeah. that, that that's still good news. There's no bad news. Yeah. We did it. We tried it's the evolution, right? It works. It's not a bad we thing. We learned from it, right? And, um, and it's okay. We'll just keep plowing through. The, I had a terrible RPG session. I was my, look, they don't listen to this podcast, wouldn't it be nice if they did? If they're mad at me for talking publicly about this situation, then I, that would, I'd be like, wow, you decided to listen to my podcast. Right. So uh, you know how sometimes in an RPG session, one person will be kind of micromanaging the story and be doing like 80% of the talk, 90% mm-hmm. of the talking with the GM. And that person starts micromanaging what everybody else is doing. And then everybody else slowly starts checking out, especially, you know, if phones are buzzing and stuff like that. And I decided to assert myself as kind of the player because I was the hacker in the group and we had an AI we were making an alliance, a loose alliance with to go after another AI. And we went through all these steps to isolate it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make my role now. And she flipped out. She lost it. She's like, well, I, I'm i not ready. You, no, not yet. This doesn't sound right. We're not doing this yet. I'm like, the, the GM, GM or the, the uh, GM. No, the GM was like, roll your, here's the situation. Your character's yeah. here. Roll your dice. And I'm like, okay, dice roll. Yeah. And she lost her, her mind. She's like, well, that's it. I'm out of here. And I'm like, well, maybe I should leave if I'm the person that's screwing everything up. Anyway, we both walked out and then I, we walked to her car We've been friends for 30 years, by the way. And we talked it out. We hugged it out. We turned around and we came back in and everybody else was cleaning up to go home. <laughs> so we said, let's just finish playing. We have another session scheduled in January, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I feel like. Do you think it's a product of the system or the just the dynamics of the so, group? So, you've been playing so, with this group for a long time, right? Yeah. Well, her GM is the is her husband who okay. is is fine tuned not to huh. piss her off in any situation. So, so she everybody out of her else's house. Huh? No, we were in somebody else's house. Oh, okay. We were in another oh, player's okay. house. <clears throat> yeah, she was like, "I'll come back to pick you up," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is a really wow. weird situation." So we don't talk about bad RPG sessions. Because most of them are good, but I don't think we should be afraid to say, oh, hey, I had a bad RPG session. Yeah, so I'm talking important- about it publicly in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's important to identify, like, what what were the dynamics that made it not go right, right? Because, like, obviously, you were feeling stifled 
um, by having basically you had like a babysitter in there, yeah. right? Oh yeah, you and couldn't do so, anything unless you got the yeah. go ahead. And right. if I made a list of all the ideas that got shot down during the night by one player, it would be a pretty good list. Listen, and I yeah. So. <laughs> I had a I had a session that I played at our good friend Sean Fielding's house, and it was just me and another guy that ended up showing up, and we're playing this little Star Wars campaign. So it's like a two player like yeah. one shot that we're playing, and I was this Bothan that was like we were and he was like an ewok or something like that but we were escaping from some sort of like cyborg genetic testing lab thing so huh. we like had heightened like intelligence and like you know what i mean yeah. and so we escaped and he ended up being able to successfully hack the computer to undock the ship from the space station and we like okay. kind of flew off and we're we're supposed to go do something else um but he he's like hey can i talk to you real quick in the kitchen and I was like, okay, like it's just me and him. It's not like me, him, and the GM. Do you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, okay. So we get in the kitchen and he looks at me dead in the eye and he goes, I just want you to know that this is my ship and you will do what I say on this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I started to laugh and he just looked at me like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, oh, shoot, look at the time. I got to go. And that's, wow. I left. I left because I was like, dude, this is like some sort of weird energy that's going on. You got to tell believe. me off camera who that was. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny because I would have expected you to be like, okay, you got it. And you went in there and you're like, okay, go to the command deck, lock the door, hit the thruster. Yeah. yeah. And I'm out. Take off. Yeah, and I'm out. And then I hit so, the escape so, pod and leave. So to be fair, Jason, that's what I probably should have done. I was too young in my RPGing career mm. to know how to really mess with the situation mm. in game. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Our dynamics are very strange. And Man, you guys, I, I have yet to have an experience like this with another player. I've had bad GMs. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've never come to a table where a player has made it a bad experience. Yeah. All my time that can happen. Game. It can happen. Yeah, and and a lot of it is just a lot of. I look forward to the day. There, you don't. It doesn't just. You don't start there. You end up there. It's, yeah, a prim yeah. it's a path and you're like oh i guess i'm on the path well i was on my phone too much while other things were being micromanaged yeah and i'd yeah, optimize my point. characters to do things that were not being useful and i'm like oh hey i have a combat character and a hacker do you need me no we need a hacker in 10 minutes you sit there and do nothing okay i'll do nothing well yeah, i um i have had players um at gen con where like they'll go to a game that they know and they love yeah. And they become like really good friends with, they show up early, they become fast friends with the DM because yeah. he's like the one, he's running this game that they absolutely love. And I'm like, I've never sure played this game before. Yeah. And so they kind of take on the role of like Sherpa a little bit, like yeah. trying to help us like have a good experience where it's like, dude, you're just kind of getting in the way. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, it wasn't terrible, you know, but. I could see a little bit of that sort of like, uh, oh, oh, now you guys can do this because yeah. you don't know that rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. So nothing bothers me. Nothing. My camera's going all whack, but nothing bothers me more than a GM that uh, warns me not to do something. And then when I insist on doing it, he tells me, no, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, no, I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to put myself in. Yeah. The I was yeah. the player doing that. And I had another player freaking out on me because we, yeah, the no. GM's like, this is what we agreed to five yeah. minutes ago. And I'm yeah. like, this is what we agreed to five minutes ago. Yeah. And outside she's like, I don't understand what you're doing. And I said, 
I'm just trying to have fun with my character. I'm just trying to play the game and have fun. And I thought it was an acceptable risk for my character. And oh my gosh, it was, it was, it was a bad scene. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been, I've got people in that group I've known for decades. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm sure you'll work it out. You'll figure it out. You might need a new game though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Jason, how was your geek week? I had a fun geek week. I've uh, I've started playing Darkest Dungeon again. That's another one of those that I pick up every year or so yep. and play it for a little while just because I love the artwork and the theme and the music. And it's Have just a great game. It? No. Have you ever like, gotten through the Darkest Dungeon? No, absolutely not. Um, and I always tell myself I'm going to do it this time. And yeah. I have, I love it. Absolutely love it. It's one, in my opinion, it's like all praises for that development team. Oh, but yeah. my interest does never has never lasted long enough to take myself through the darkest dungeon. I you usually really get have through, to go through. There's a like lot. the wield and the yeah and the you know different things. I usually get yeah. a few of the boss ways you know there's like stages of bosses i get a few stages of the bosses through all of them and then i usually get distracted and and then don't come back to it for a year yeah but uh it happens it happens but uh you know so and that's one of those games like i can't ever really just come back and pick up where i left off because i don't remember like how i was comboing my four people and yeah and all that stuff and they usually like i usually will try i'll come back i'll start up and then they're all dead like because i can't remember how I was using them effectively yeah. Uh, yeah, or anything like that. But uh, anyways, that's a great game um, and a great, uh, great um, studio that, that kind of put that together. The other thing I, I did know. was I, um, that's good. I played around with uh, GPT and uh, 11 labs um, using the, um, using the code that uh, Charlie Holtz uh, put up on his GitHub and made available to everybody, right? Where he had um, David Attenborough narrating his life, right? Where he took pictures of himself. And he had David <laughs> Attenborough narrating as if he was watching him from like, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, like planet planet Earth or something. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. So I decided to download the code. I, I created my API keys and um, I, I took his code and I uploaded some images. Let me share my screen and see if you can see this. Uh, okay, share screen. I gotta do this every time, and I'm gonna try to share my audio so that you can see it. So you gotta you gotta let it in, host, since I'm not a. Oh yeah, okay, I got you. So right there, I took that picture with my camera, and I sent it to ChatGPT, and I told it to narrate it. And let me see, you bring the code up here. I told it to narrate it. As if you were a member of the KGB during the 80s, describe the picture of a humanist as an example of childish Western influence. Make it sound uh, frustrated and don't repeat yourself. So that's the image I sent it. And let's see, let's see if you can hear this. Let me know if you guys can hear this. Behold the very epitome of Western decadence. An individual displaying a grotesque facial expression and making what they consider a rock and roll hand gesture. Amazing. By the lowbrow so-called music culture that glorifies rebellion without cause. Notice the black t-shirt, likely emblazoned with capitalist or bourgeois symbols, worn as a uniform of his trivial resistance. But it is this juvenile manner that we must relentlessly oppose to maintain the strength and moral fortitude of our society. <laughs> well done. I love it. Right? And that yeah. was uh so that was with um GPT, you can, they have a new uh, API where you can send it images and it'll describe the image based on how I seeded it, right? 
Um, and then I took the output of the text that it gave me and I sent it to Eleven Labs, which has, which is, you know, all about creating like synthetic voices. Um, and I told it to use a voice that was like an American Italian accent. That was the closest I could get to something I thought would sound fun, fun there. So, and it came um, up with British. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. But, uh, British. -ish. Pretty fun. And, and I got it to where I can just hit a button and it'll take, it'll take a screen capture with my camera and then it'll upload it all and pick a voice and, and go. So it's, it's a little, uh, little fun. Just toying around with stuff. I picked the wrong week to leave Facebook. <laughs> right, right. Be posting videos. This magnificent specimen of a man. I should have posted it. Yeah, yeah that'd have been funny. <laughs> I love how it made fun of your T-shirt as a tool. I know. Was he? Wow. I know. Yeah. Your AI your had nothing else to rebellion. go off of. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's a geeky. Awesome. That's a geeky week right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So for my geek week. Um, two things one i played um i played a game i've been I, I i have finally convinced my family to start playing more games with me and the trick that i have now is they anytime i pull out a game that's not one that they've played a million times that i want to like seriously suck start a gun because they're like you know we've played it about a thousand times uh, i'm looking at you telestrations you know, yeah. I'm not, I don't want, I don't ever want to see that game again. But anyway, um, I've never played it. It's on my shelf. I've never played it. I it's a great it. game if you haven't played it about a billion times. Anyway, um, so I pull out a game and, and immediate resistance. Like, oh, we don't know this game. We don't like it. We hate it. We hate, you know, we hate these things, precious, you know. So like I get all that kind of wailing and I'm like, fine. You know what? These are easy games. So I pulled out a game that I got from Gen Con. It's called Miskatonic University. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick on um, on Board Game Geek. But um, it's a great little game because uh, it's actually very easy to play. Um, it it didn't um, it didn't take a lot of work to um, to teach the family, even though like they didn't. And I, and I, and I'm saying this not because I don't love my family. I do. I'm saying this because I'm sure there's other people out there that have this struggle that anytime you want to play a game, they say that is your game air quotes. Like that is like, you know, we don't like your games and they don't even like, they don't even know what it is. Right. So um, I got this game. It came as part of that, um, that like, uh, charity bag thing that i got bundle I 70 and i got the bundle right yeah so this was a game 6.1 that's probably about right it, it's a 1.71 rating i mean it's not complicated like basically what you have are um these cards let me show you a picture here so you have these cards here um and you draw from this library deck right here and you're going to get one of three cards. You're going to get one of these um, graduate students. You're going to get one of these uh, sigils. Or you're going to get a, a page from the grimoire. Okay? Anytime. So, and your goal is to collect this sanity that's right here. The higher the points um, you get, the you win the game. Right? Whenever you leave the library you take the lowest sanity card. So you're kind of playing chicken with your other players 
and trying to stay in the library as long as you can. Okay. Now what happens is, is if you draw a card and it's a duplicate of one of these sigil ones or one of these spell ones, you get kicked out of the library and you don't even get to draw a card. Okay. So, you know, you're trying to like do it, but when you um, make a match, then you get to clear your board of that section right there and you get to take a three point lore card. So you want to make those matches to get the extra points, but you run the risk of drawing a duplicate card that will get you first out of the library so, and you don't get to collect anything, right? Now, what you do have here, these little cards, these seven cards right here, these are called your defense cards, and they do different things. Like, for example, this little guy right here, see if I can go in even further. Oh, yeah, nice. This little guy right here, you see those three cards right there. You can draw the three top cards of the deck and show them and then choose which card you want to take, mm. right? So that'll help you if you've got, like, a bunch of cards and the chances are you get this, right? Um, like, this other one, so you draw a card and you can discard it. But once you use these, you have to flip them over. So, like, this is face up. This is, like, face down, this guy right here. So you can't use it again. Um, but that's where the graduate students come into play. Once you get four graduate students, you can turn those in and flip one of your defensive cards over um, and use it again in a thing. So super easy, super simple. After much protesting and gnashing and wailing of teeth and all of that stuff, I guess wailing and gnashing of teeth, we ended up playing it and the kids all pretty much liked it. And like even my 10-year-old was like, I totally get this game. And she oh. almost won. You know what I mean? So and she understood um, it, graduate student. She understood <laughs> graduate students, exactly. And sigil. Um, okay. Yeah. All there's a there's a great little line in there, which is like if you there's one card in here, this card right here at the bottom, instead of after you draw a card that would get you kicked out, you can flip that over and flee the library. You still get to take the sanity but you lose your graduate students that were with you. And the line in the instructions were like, because we all know how expendable they are, right? <laughs> As a former graduate student, I resemble that remark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but that was fun. It was, it ended up being a really fun game. And I'm glad that like, we took the time to work through the consternation that, that was in the beginning, because I think everybody had a pretty good time with it. And uh, when my son, when I asked my son if he liked it and he says, okay, that means it was great. <laughs> That means it was great. So He's 15. high praise. Yeah, exactly. Okay. High praise. Yeah. Yeah. High praise. Um, well, you, second... in those yeah, bags, you get kind of some perverse incentives because yes. you have a hidden bag of games and you don't know who you're going to play them with and when and why. Mm -hmm. And you don't yep. even know what you're getting, but you're getting a great deal. And I, I'm addicted to the great deal. Trust me. Yeah. Well, still... they gave you, they gave, there were six games that were out there. And it, there were basically two games in each pair. Okay, and oh. you got to choose one game from each pair, and then a oh. mystery gift came out of the wall. Okay, so you didn't know bad. what the mystery gift was all about, but in the old days, it was open the cardboard. That's what you get. That's what I. Yeah, remember. exactly. Yeah. So, um, the two games that I have gotten from this, the first one was Panorama mm -hmm. and this Miskatonic University. They have both been hits with my family Good. so far. So I'm two for three. I got to try out the third one a little bit more. It's a little bit more complicated. So I got to ease them into that. But so far, and not uh, every game is a family it. game. Right. Exactly. So don't don't 100%. feel like they're the ultimate litmus test. I, I listen, I agree with that, too. Right. Yeah. So, Sorry, you, um, I or, interrupted you. I apologize. <laughs> no, no. The uh, other thing I was going to say for my geek week is I got a code the other day um, for 
a free game by um, uh, Pandemic Studios. Hmm. And it's called Surviving the Aftermath. And basically, it's one of those city builder, catastrophe style game, kind of like cities, um, you know, where you like have to like plan and stuff like that. But it's um, it's like a there was a, an event where basically a whole bunch of meteors came crashing down on Earth and caused a basically an apocalyptic wasteland. And you got to try to survive. And you have bandits that come. You have nuclear winters that come and all this stuff. And you know, you got to build up your cities and make sure that you're building greenhouses to protect from like acid rain. And, you know, I mean, just all sorts of different things and you're managing it. And it has been a time suck. It was a free game that I got for a code, some Black Friday special or something. But um, I probably sunk like in the last week, I don't know, maybe 30 hours into it or something like that. Just building my city and making sure my people don't die. Um, but I'm not going to lie. There's been a couple of times where we had a nuclear winter and I think I went from 180 survivors in my camp to 120. Oh my <laughs> like, it was a bad winter guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, what, what happened is this is what's so funny is right before the winter hit, I saw my food reserves just plummeting and I was like, what is happening here? And I didn't realize that I hadn't built enough storage. So all my food was just sitting outside and rotting. Oh, wow. You know, and it like it it told me like, hey, your storage is a little low, but I couldn't tell like what that really meant, mm-hmm. you know, and then I found out the hard way by, having, you know, like, Justin, now's the time to learn these lessons. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prepper game. It's, it's, preparing it's a total you. prepper game. It's a total <laughs> prepper game. Yeah. It's it's the walking dead without the zombies, mm. you know, so. But yeah, that was a fun game that I've been playing and I'm glad I got a, I mean, it was a code like, here you go. Here's a free code for this. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Just got it from Epic Games. So good job, man. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. Before we change, I want to circle back to Jay's uh, documentary. It reminded reminded me that uh, Kevin James, the comedian and, and sitcom guy had his buddy Adam Sandler narrate a, a video of him he's in a bear costume in the forest and it's actually pretty hysterical so adam sandler is doing david attenborough and kevin james is a wild animal in a bear suit with his face open so he's in this dumb like cotton bear suit anyway it's on youtube you should go check it out anyway it's called nature Making planet nature planet it's worth the five minutes if you can't replay jay's documentary of him doing the rock and roll thing you can, you can go there. For the record, Kevin James's YouTube channel is Comedy Gold. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Like he he's got like the sound man where yeah. he like inserts oh, yeah. himself as like the sound boomer like boom guy on different like um you know sound stages. Yeah. And awesome. uh, you know, it's it's so funny. It is so funny. So yeah, so good. My favorite one that he has is uh where he's in the scene with Daniel Day Lewis from There Um There Will Be Blood. And oh, it's yeah, the, yeah, I huh. drink your milkshake, and he's like drinking a milkshake, and he's just like, like why? Okay, yeah. you can have it. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. It's good. good stuff. It's so funny. All right, so. here we go. It's time yeah, for the news. Let's see. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. You're welcome. That was an interesting one, Dan. I didn't actually listen to that one before I played it. 
<laughs> it was kind of a dealer's choice. Let me just say that. I was kind of like a, it was like a documentary intro almost. Th- there you go. That was for David Attenborough. Yeah. We loved Sir there David Attenborough. <laughs> All right. Not a lot of news happening. Of course, we are in the pre-holiday season. Um, we're not going to talk about Black Friday specials or anything like that. But for those of you who don't know, Renegade Studio does have a fully functional Transformers RPG role-playing game, which is selling pretty good. And they, ha- they have a new uh, supplement out that is interesting. It's called the Enigma of Combination Sourcebook. And it's about the Transformers where you have multiple Transformers that form into a big Transformer. And it's a whole campaign book around doing that. So it's like Devastator, Superion, Defensor, how, or, or other Transformers that combine together. I don't know if you guys remember Transformers. You guys had, there were the Headmasters. You'd have a little, a little Transformer running around. He'd transform into a head of a bigger Transformer. All this stuff now is in a in a source book. So if you want to get together a, a campaign where everyone's a constructicon, right? Everyone's a constructicon, and you have to work together to form your super robot. So it's like Voltron. Voltron, yes. Yes, I mean, exactly. wrong. I know wrong IP. I'm probably going to get lambasted for that. Stop, yeah. yeah you're going to get pounced on. But... this show. Transformers has been out a little while, uh, Justin. But anyway, uh, in the IP, they have lots of different teams of Transformers that form up into one. And as a kid, uh, collecting those was was a high high activity. It was a high art to go get all six planes that turned into the big airplane guy. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I want to let you know that that, that's available out there. Thank you, Dan. I'd like to point out that according to the Transformers Wikipedia... The Enigma of Combination is one of the artifacts of the 13. Possessed by a Nexus Prime, it is not only capable of fostering unity and cooperation of the minds of sentient creatures in its proximity, but also of bestowing one of the greatest abilities known to Cybertronians, that of Combination. Of Combination. See, this is the next role-playing game for my group that's fighting. So here's a (laughs) quiz. Here's here's a quiz, because you can read Wikipedia. Yes. Do you know what the matrix of leadership is? Yeah, yeah. Optimus. No, no, not you. Not you. Oh, you oh gave sorry. It. Are you okay. not? A, are you? Are, are, are you in? Uh, you got to watch the '80s cartoon. I have it in 4K Blu-ray. So listen, yeah, I listen. I, I both of you are about, I think, four years older than me. Maybe I three think I'm older, older than me. Jason, and Jason's and, older than you. <laughs> yeah, and so, but the thing is, is I think that that was enough of a gap that enough. Transformers was, I think, off of like the rotation yeah. when I started yeah. watching cartoons. You poor sap got so. stuck with Power Rangers, you which was no, 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 no. I was pre Power Rangers. I was, I was, Pre-Power I was pre Power okay. Rangers. Te- you were like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, you yes. were Cap. Were you and, Captain Planet? Yes, Captain Planet. Oh. What about Ninja Turtles? Jim was on she, there. That yeah. was true, truly outrageous. Jim. She's truly, yeah. uh, truly, truly, truly outrageous. We all watch and, Jim. Uh, we know it. She rough most, for all the wrong reasons. Was, uh, it was Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Oh, well, that's classic. That holds up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's get off of memory lane. We're in a news item, too. Now, usually, right. Justin found out that I've been deep sixing Paizo news for about a, two years, three years, because I find most Paizo news pretty boring. I'm sorry, Paizo. Um, now, they have just published, you can buy right now, two new core books, the Player Core Book and the Pathfinder GM Core, for their new edition, which is now 
completely compatible with the ORC license. So if you guys remember, uh, Wizards of the Coast was playing Hinky Dinky with the OGL license that Paizo was based on. Yeah. So, um, uh, so Paizo with some other RPG groups have made the Open RPG Creative License, which is the ORC. And it is a truly open license. And uh, this is all part of that backlash. So the first real major products coming out that are completely separate and independent from Wizards of the Coast are now, it's now available from Paizo. So if you if you love the universe of fantasy role playing game, and you don't want to give a nickel in any way, shape, or form to to wizards for screwing players and small content creators, you can. And they've got a a monster core book coming out very soon, and a second mm -hmm. player core. So um, for for you folks that are like that want to cut the cord, this is the perfect time to do it. There are some other great games out there that don't do not rely on um, the open gaming license. Level Up by Ian World Publishing comes to mind. There's a bunch of other, of other ones that are quite good, but this one will probably be the biggest of all the RPGs that are based in the old D20 model. But everything has been completely scrubbed of anything that looks like it's a Watsy D&D product. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, the, the big the big thing I think of this is that like Kybold um uh press is making their own like D20 RPG, right? Yeah. And I think it's gonna have echoes of D D in it, right? You're gonna yeah. feel those echoes throughout, but it's gonna be different. Um Paizo said, you know what? Like we're gonna take this orc license at its word and we're just gonna lean back into it, like they had leaned into the OGL. Now this is obviously more. Well, they helped create them. the orc license. They yeah, were involved. exactly, but it's yeah. held by a third party. It's not held by Paizo. Exactly, exactly. So they're leaning back into it. Um, interestingly, Free League Press, uh, when they published their um, Lord of the Rings Fifth Edition version, not the because they come out with a One Ring edition, right. which is based right. on their um, their Mutant Zero or uh, Year Zero engine, uh -huh. and then they also put it out in the Fifth Edition. Um, well, that fifth edition was compatible with the Orc license when they first put it out. I think they were yeah. one of the first to actually release under the Orc license. So right. Kind right. of interesting. This will be kind of a, a one of the most, the second largest RPG on the market yeah. today is, yeah. is Pathfinder. So the second largest RPG is yeah. completely untethered. And that's, that's, that's kind of like non-trivial. We have to yeah. pay attention to that. Sure. 100%. Well, I think the nice thing about you the can't Orc deep license is, it. the nice thing about the Orc license is didn't they, they intentionally made it a third party that I think mm -hmm. was not intended to ever produce their own product so that they wouldn't get into the situation that the OGL did where there could yeah. be a bias. Yeah. It's it just is like the, a lawyer company. It's Azora like a law managing partner. Yeah. It's a, Azora law is, is the entity that actually yeah, so assuming that Azora law doesn't ever decide to make their own reference work. Um, then essentially there shouldn't ever really pop up a bias towards monetization of the license. I think that's a safe bet. Yep. Um, Let's cross fingers. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, they're law firms, so you never know. Yeah. Um, so that's the news. I'm going to hand it All back right. to you, Justin. Awesome. Thank you, Dan, for prepping that. We haven't had the news in a little while, so uh, it was nice to have some news articles. I will say that, um, you know, this is coming out after a lot of the Cyber Monday, Black Friday deals, but we did mention last week, if you're not looking at miniature market this time of year, you're doing something wrong. 
because yeah. some there's some amazing deals and it's way too easy to spend money. There oh, right now. So. Oh. <laughs> they don't get a nickel from us, by the way. We got to stop plugging them. <laughs> it's hard we to when I get. We don't get a nickel from them. Is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I know. It's true. So it's anyway, hard. no, trust me. There was a, a, a something I wanted that had been twenty five bucks, and now it got down to six dollars. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing it. Yeah, just not doing it. I gotta, I gotta buy. I gotta play what I bought over the last true. five years. It's true. It's funny because I got like three games, and my wife's like, "You have to stop buying games." I'm like, "I like this is this is weak, Lauren. This is really like compared to my friends, this is nothing." You yeah. Know? Yeah, uh, and games. I almost I almost threw your name out there, Dan. But I said, yeah, you know fine. what? I gotta be a homie. I gotta be a homie for yeah. my guy, Dan. No, I I just you threw know. my other my other RPG group under the bus tonight. So you know, <laughs> we got a lot of yeah. shibs in the back around here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, well, let's talk about our main topic tonight, which is alone against the static, and um, this is a solo adventure. Um, and our, our viewers will remember us showing this, um, I think back in June, they made the announcement, right? Alone against the static. Um, it is a solo adventure, uh, set in the 1990s in the, uh, Black Hills of North Dakota. And, uh, you can get your copy. Well, now basically. I think it's um, South Dakota, right? Oh, South Dakota. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so what's interesting is it says releasing in October, but it's really November, but that's okay. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's probably some production issues and stuff like that, but it is available now that you can do this. Um, that name alone against a static. I just want to, for our listeners out there that are not familiar, this is a long tradition of the solo adventures from chaosium, specifically in the call of Cthulhu line, um, that begin actually with the starter set. And um, it's on my shelf, but I'll pull it up later. But the the very first book that you pull out of the starter set of Call of Cthulhu is Alone Against the Flames, which is a short, like thirty to forty-five minute adventure that you can play. Um, to that basically teaches you how to play the game Call of Cthulhu. And so other people have written, um, third-party people have written uh, Alone Against the Darkness, Alone Against the um. Alone Against the Cold, Alone Against the Mountain. Like, Alone Against is kind of their um, reference to solo RPG. Yep. So you'll kind of see that out there. Uh, the, other, the other thing that I want to mention about this is it's written by B.W. Holland. I could not verify this before the show, but I'm almost positive that this is Brian Holland that wrote this, who is actually the marketing manager for um, uh, Chaosium. Um, I have a lot of interaction with him as we get, again, some of our review copies. Yeah, I mean, he's referenced though. in the bottom at the back end of the document. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yep. All right. I, I I haven't gotten to the very back end of the document yet, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always like to start from the back. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, before we get all into this, though, because we all had an opportunity to kind of crack it open and check it out, well, digitally anyway. Uh, before I get into this, um, let's just talk about solo RPGs real quick um what are your thoughts what are your guys thoughts about solo rpgs they're video games they're video games i, I okay. go back to solo rpgs back to the 1980s when okay. the original west end games star wars the original star wars west end games rpg book had a short solo adventure in there and then, then they also published 
two solo adventures that I never, I never picked up. Um, but the purpose of the solo adventure was much like the same purpose of the starter kit, which is to, to teach a GM how to be a GM and how the flow of the game goes. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been around, I've been around solo RPGs uh, since the late eighties. Yeah. So, um, the solo RPGs, they um, look a lot and feel a lot like the choose-your-own-adventures that we had uh, growing up, right, that were some of our our favorite things. And so, like, for example, you can see, like, this is some entries from the game where you've got numbered entries and you'll read the text and then it says, um, you know, if you do as the voice says, go to 314. To flee, go to 305. So it's, it, I mean, it's very much the same vein as a choose your own adventure, but what's the difference between those awesome books that we all read in the, you know, in the eighties versus a solo RPG that you're playing? The dice is the determiner of the fork in the story besides your choice. So, well, and now yeah, but, oh, but I don't think they have to be right. Cause role-playing game, we historically th- think of it as a dice based arbitrator game, but, uh, it doesn't have to be a dice-based arbitration. Correct. So any at any time you're actually like role-playing your character. I think in the choose-your-own-adventure... So I'm jumping in here, but I think in the choose-your-own-adventure games from past times, you were role-playing... You weren't role-playing. You were just choosing the path for the little kid in the book that you were reading. Sally or Billy or something no. who you got like one tiny little page of backstory on as he was walking into his bedroom to knock three times on the wall in the back of his closet. And then you were just guiding him through the story. Or I think in these solo RPGs, you're kind of creating your own persona. You, you're, you're you, your player that you can bring to the table. It makes it a little bit different in my mind. I think that's fair. I think, um, because there's a lot of choices I made in this adventure that had nothing to do with dice. Right. right. Um, there were absolutely some choices that I had to do with dice. And that is Dan, I think like probably the primary determining factor between this and like a, a choose your own adventure, because you're not rolling dice as you were reading those. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big difference, but um, Jason, I like your point that you made. Like there were times that I was going through this and I'm like, my character's kind of neurotic. Like he, you know, he's kind of like a, like kind of dramatic. So I'm gonna p- pick the most dramatic thing I could do right now, you know, <laughs> and and roll with that. And I don't think I really had that choice, um, doing the choose your own adventures. It was like either open the door or open the window. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was, um, it 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 wasn't uh, a chance to kind of dive in and and role plays you were saying it wasn't as character development e yeah yeah well and that's one of the things that that that's one of the limitations of of the of the solo rpg format is you're kind of it's the kind of it seems it feels like you're on rails you're not you're on a gigantic branching tree mm-hmm. um character development is is that is really the narrator yeah. or author's purview um one of the interesting things about about this exact product was that it actually required you to understand the basics of how Mm -hmm. the RPG flows. And I didn't have a copy and I've never actually ran the, the chaosium uh, call of Cthulhu game. 
And that was problematic for me because I was used to having solo RPGs just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And then I had to like go watch a YouTube video uh, totally separate from Chaosium to say, oh, okay, oh yeah, it's a D100, it's a D100 roll low. Okay, got it. And that was actually a bit of a barrier for me to mm. jump into it. Um, because I think, I don't, the assumption of the product is, is that you already know the RPG, you're aware of the rules and that this is a companion to your starter kit or companion to your core yeah. rule book. Um, I think for a solo RPG, I, I, I disagree with that as an approach. It is an approach. It probably saved them space, but I found uh, it, it would have been better if, if I would have had more paint by numbers without having to go to a third party to figure out if I was succeeding or failing. Hmm. Or even just uh, like, I mean, even just, uh, you know, if you've Quick never summary. played Cthulhu before, like click on this link for a brief intro video. Right. And all you I know, needed I mean, was like three or four paragraphs. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I was used to these things teaching me as I go. And, and sure. that was, I was disappointed. Yeah. Which Alone Against the Flames in the starter book absolutely did that. Right. Yeah. And you also yeah. had a little gut rule guide, like a, a light yeah. rule book that you could reference as well. And so. You know, it's funny because Dan, I didn't even think about that with this because I've, you know, I mean, I've GM yeah. Cthulhu and I played it, so I just jumped right in. I didn't even think about like if I had never played this before, how would I do that? And so I think that's a really interesting, uh, really interesting point. I, I think it's an interesting missed opportunity because playing through this adventure, there was nothing here I needed to know from the core rulebook besides the single mechanic of roll under my number. Yeah, that's true. There was nothing else. Saying, like, why can they just say that in a sentence right at the beginning? Yeah, right up front. Yeah. yeah. There was no, like, special skill that I would have had to have the rule book to look up. It was just, I didn't feel like there was really any reason not to say that up front. But I did notice that they said, must have cool rule book. It's like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to miss something. I knew how to play the game, though. And I never yeah. I never had a problem. Yeah. You know, it. it's funny because, like, the, um, the starter adventure, the solo adventure... It doesn't state it up in the top thing. It's like as you go through, um, on the first chance you have to roll your dice, it'll say a little little paragraph. Cthulhu is a game where you roll, you know, you roll two D one hundred or two D tens. You take one of your tens, one of your ones, yeah, and then you uh, roll under it, right? So I must have missed um, it. You know, oh, no, 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 that's you in the starter. That. Oh, that's in the other. Oh, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. you could have. They could have easily put that in the very first time that you rolled your dice. You know, um, do it now. What's interesting is I don't know that everybody got to the same place to roll your dice the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it branched pretty early um, to different different avenues. But they could track the branches. Totally. That's not totally. hard to do. Yeah. Okay, so that's so. one critique. And um, so, buyer beware. Just know you're going to have to brush up on the system mm-hmm. real quick, and it's real easy. We'll tell you right now. You know, two D ten. Figure out which is you know. Do do your D hundred and roll low under your stat. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's that's just a thing you need to be aware. The log sheet. I thought the ticking off mechanic was good, where they have a sheet where they have all these different statuses mm-hmm. of, and you get to tick them mm-hmm. off once you trigger a status. I thought that was quite good, um, and that was I did too. that was well well designed. I thought that was really good, actually. Uh, it's one of the better kind of things I've seen. 
So that's page 98, Justin, if you go down. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yep, right here. Uh, or, uh, yeah, 99, PDF page 99. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So this log sheet, yeah, I, I like this a lot because um, what it did, in my opinion, is it added um, mm -hmm. some interesting aspects of like you know if you had made a certain choice way back when mm -hmm. it influenced which branch mm -hmm. you would end up taking um which i thought was great because i think i think that that just kind of added to the character development there because you're going along with your choices and i haven't seen a solo adventure now granted i i full disclosure I've only played the starter set solo adventure. I haven't played a lot of the other ones or really dived into them. So some of them may have a log sheet like this, but I thought that this was really good. I also enjoyed on this one sheet, the dying and going insane explanation right here. Yeah. They, they really yeah. simplified it down so that you knew like if you were in trouble, <laughs> which by the way, I think right now I'm not even done with the adventure 100% yet, um, but I've got like four hit points <laughs> left. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow, we've had totally different playthroughs. Yeah, yeah, and my sanity's just been ticking down like crazy too. So that's yeah. crazy. I played through the game. It took me about an hour and fifteen minutes to play through. I only lost two sanity points and one hit point. You're Seriously? amazing. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm like not done yet, and I'm down to like you start out at sixty sanity points. I'm like down at fifty two and sanity and like i'm down to like four hit points like things are just getting wild in yeah my life. You, you're making some different choices and are you playing alex or charlie uh i am playing alex so uh, that's alex. a good point right if you want to go back up to the top it showed that's kind of the first big decision you make when you play the game yeah which yeah. character yeah slide uh, or page seven i think seven or ten depending on how the there uh there you go Oops, right here yeah yeah, you so, pick. Who am I going to be? Yeah, Alex or Charlie. Now, okay, so here's here's Two troubled one of my lovers. Little... What's that? Two troubled lovers. Yeah. Well, that was the problem, some... guys. I couldn't get past the first section of it because there were too many things in my real life competing against it, like being a dad <laughs> and an employee and okay. having commitments. So, so you I couldn't never... get past it because you didn't have time to actually play the game. Yeah, I never got okay. past them just like complaining and being on a vacation together. Yeah, you There's know, a, and I, I would was say like, it worked pretty slow. I was, I was like, this better speed up pretty quick. I was getting sick of doing like mundane, mundane stuff, like do I fry the eggs or do I yes. wash my hands? I'm like, I don't care. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never got past any of that. This was like kind of the nightmarish part for me, is because it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm stuck on a date with a woman complaining. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't oh, this is a horror game. This is a horror game. <laughs> this is Call of Cthulhu. The great, the great monster from the from the deep has arrived, and she's mad about something I've done. Yeah, I remember at one point one of the decisions was, do you decide to get in bed and watch TV now or first go brush your teeth? And I was like, yeah. are you, like really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't I know. Like, Go okay, get ready for get, bed, so I don't have to do it later. Just move on. Yeah. And they yeah. lost. They, the author lost me. I'm sorry. I never. I never got to anything magical. I never got past the date. I never. Well, got to, I, I will never say, got it. as soon as you, as soon as you get to, I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. a pretty important part that happens, like after they get to the cabin. Well, Once yeah, like you, right after I brushed my teeth, that then the decision yeah. started meaning something. And and all of a sudden it started picking Spoiler. up like right. Oh, yeah. up. But you need that. Quick. I needed that because I found it 
really kind of a name. It picked up pretty quick once it did. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, it did. I might and, get back to it. And uh, I, I, you know, there wasn't a lot of the uh, annoying, you know, partner stuff that was happening. No, it all went, it, that all left. Well, yeah. Probably. Probably depends again on the choices you did. I, I had annoying yeah. early choices when I'm like, okay, they're just trying to help me learn how the choose how the how the choice system works. You know, that like okay, yeah. just to get some experience and exposure to it. And then it started picking up and getting a little like, you know, um psychologically intense. Yeah. And then it kind of got easy again. And I was kind of wandering around through the woods for a little bit. And then it started to get interesting again, and then it never never let up after that. It was pretty good <laughs> from that point forward. Okay, so <laughs> we had very different experiences. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you know, it was it was kind of like the, you know, troubled relationship, set the scene, you know, this is what's happening, this is why you're at the cabin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the minute that, like, it goes and, you know, it, like, things start picking up, um, yeah, like I guess the I guess then like there was a point where I was making my breakfast and like you know having a breath of fresh air like there was a little bit of that, yeah. but like I died like almost instantly after that at one point, and wow. I had to backtrack. I had to kind of you know like uh, wow. rewind a little bit. Whoops! Um, find a yeah. save point. Find a save. Point. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wow. Well, here's here's one of the things in there is it says. You might want to mark this this number down oh, yeah, in yeah, case yeah. you uh, need it for later. That's your save point, Dan. Literally, yeah, you know, because that's what I went back to. So I died once, then then I rewound, and things still got crazy. And then I died again, and then rewound again, and like, dude, I. But again, I was playing this guy as like a neurotic sort of self-absorbed psychopath a little bit. You know, I mean. And so I, I was like, I would not make this choice, but he totally would. So, you know, <laughs> so that's how I was playing it. And, you know, like. And why like, am I worried that she's mad at me in the cabin? Why do I care? This is a fantasy activity. Why am I well, going to get it, on her good side? I think it plays. <laughs> I mean, I think that it plays into why things are happening later on okay. a little bit. So. Mm -hmm. All right. And why, yep. why you're in the situation that you're in. I just Your early go, decisions I, absolutely de uh, affect the end end game. I just got to get to that teeth brushing thing. I'll try again. Here's That's the right. problem. <laughs> Let's be quite honest. Okay, but do you the, floss? <laughs> well, yeah, but no. we are. It is a horror story. So yeah. you know, if, if you so, show, turn to one hundred two. Turn to one hundred two. If you don't floss, you should go floss right now, player. Yeah. Go floss. floss. Don't. There, there you, is you, no, yeah. If you say no to fantasy flossing, you're broken. Okay. If you can't, if you can't imagine yourself flossing anyway, here's my problem with solo RPGs is that they're solo and RPGs are very social and they're in some ways much more social than a board game because you create a shared narrative. Mm -hmm. And I find building a shared narrative with the author who I'm removed from. And, and when I have other human beings competing for my time, I couldn't stick with it. I couldn't get my head into it. And there was other things I had to do. Yeah. And so that's not a fault of this product. Right. I, I can imagine a person getting through the solo RPG in the starter box and going, wow, that was fantastic. I don't have a group mm -hmm. to play this with. Oh, look, they have a standalone hardbound yeah. book. I can't wait to get that. Oh, it's yeah, X number of hundred, hundreds of pages. This will be amazing. So that's great. That's great for that particular 
player, but I need the human beings. I need the human contact. And that's, that's what I, I, I guess that's what I enjoy at RPGs. That's why we keep doing them. So Jason, how long did it take you to play this? You said about an hour 15, about an hour 15. And I put, I put on the background, some ominous, scary music from YouTube the whole time I was playing it. So it really set nice. the theme. It was awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Which I recommend doing, by the way, if you're going to play, yeah. Put on, put on a, one of those, you know, two like ten hours of ambient horror, walking through the woods music, and play, play at it. night in the dark, except yeah. for your monitor. <laughs> it's fun. It was fun that way. I um, I'm about, I like I said, I haven't quite finished it yet. Um, but I'm pr- probably about an hour in, so I'm only like fifteen minutes behind. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, you're like probably I'm, I'm near the end of this. I'm near the end of this. I, I um, feel like once you. There's about 350 different rule sections or uh, choice blocks. Yeah. And it it pretty much it bounces a little bit, but as you get near the high ends, you're yeah. getting near the end of the game. And I'm in I'm like literally just read 301, right? Okay. So like I'm I'm getting really close. Yeah. But um uh here's the thing, Dan, is like I have to approach these as a different kind of RPG. Totally. For the exact reason that you just stated, right? Yeah. Um because I do love RPGs where we get to create the social construct together as players. I mean, we played Pirate Borg like a, a couple months ago, right? About it was about a month ago, and yep. um, you know, we came out with some amazing stories together um, from it. But this one is a little bit different because it's you. I mean, it's a solo game, and and the so, dice and the die rolls and the dice. Yeah, sure, yeah. exactly. And so the thing that I like to do is I like to just like really push through as quickly as I can, almost to make it like a book. And so I feel like I'm reading a book and I'm creating sort of that um, ambient horror. And and Jason, I think your comparison of like, this is a video game was very apt here. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can kind of like describe why, why this is more of a video game than a book. I was thinking about what Dan said. Um, And if you're, if you mainly play role-playing games with friends, this would be kind of maybe maybe not your kind of thing, right? But if if you're either kind of person that sets aside time to play solo video games, mm-hmm. you know, then this just is like playing a and you like to read solo video games yeah. and you like to read like good reading, right? So then, so you like playing a Bethesda game? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Then this is this is it's once again video games are kind of time by yourself if you're playing a solo one. This is time by yourself. Mm-hmm. with reading and um you know a little bit of dice rolling so i i think it's um it's it's alone time for sure obviously alone against the static uh but it's not it's a different experience it's not an experience with now a lot of video games are so, are social right and we played a social mm-hmm. one recently i don't even remember what it was called but it was kind of a choose your own um as dusk falls dusk falls yeah which was yeah. we should talk about that one at some point but um yeah, I feel like it is very, uh, it's very video game, especially the fact that you can replay it. Uh, you yep. can go back, you can make different choices, you can kind of have this quasi save point. Uh, they even put little notes in the at the bottom of each section. They put like in parentheses how you could have gotten here before, so that you can backtrack if you wanted to mm-hmm. uh, do something there. If you wanted to cheat, but uh, uh, you know, but but. I I really thought that it was a fun experience, but I knew I was gonna just have some alone time with a little bit of a horror session. Cool. 
Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying it's it's bad. It seemed very good, very well made. But I I'll think tell you this though. It's I, for you know, it's for a market. It's a product for a market. And and I like and, this. Yeah. I you know, I've played several solo things before. I like this one a lot better. I've talked in the past, it's been a long time about Star Smuggler. Yeah. Which yeah, is a print have, and play yeah. thing, right? And that is like there are like four hundred some rules, uh like two hundred different four hundred different events that can happen. You're you're create taking your spaceship across different galaxies, you're assembling the galaxies. And you know what? That just feels like work. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels like work every time I try to try to play. I'm like, this is gonna be so fun. I'm gonna, you know, and then, and then I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's like a full time job, like playing this game. This was an hour and fifteen minutes of like watching basically this horror story develop and being mm -hmm. able to partake in that story a little bit. So it was kind of yeah, cool. and have ownership over the choices too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. I will say this though, um, I'm curious when you get, you know, Justin will talk off camera when you get through it. Um, I really enjoy. I, I was bored by the beginning. Okay, so I'm not really alone. really enjoyed the no, middle. No, no, I, I the middle. Yeah, the middle the really middle. started to build. Was a great great experience. In the middle, the end came fast, and I didn't feel like it fit with all of my choices. Interesting. Okay, so I'm curious to see what your experience is. Now, and to be fair, there's like multiple endings. There are there are few game, right. There are few there endings. There was one. There was one that I did, and it's just like, well, I'm dead now. <laughs> I okay, mean, that's, well. it's literally like it gave me an old text of like what happened and everything like that. Congratulations, like, you have reached the earliest point you could end the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like somewhere like 38. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> oh, like it was like it was. I think I was still flipping really... eggs at 38. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there's some pretty wild things that happened but um you know it was uh like i i enjoyed the role i have enjoyed the roller coaster so far and you know um if you look at it like a roller coaster the beginning was like that little boring part that you're climbing up to the top you know and you just have to kind of look at it that way um and one thing that i wanted to and, and maybe we'll close out on this but one thing that i wanted to um compare this to was alan wake mm. and the mm -hmm. reason that i am comparing feeling. this yeah the reason i'm comparing this to alan wake and for those of you who don't know it's a it's a video that game that came out um what was it maybe 10 years ago yeah it's been Something a while like that it, it yeah. came out on the xbox 360 so it was even longer than 10 years ago but um anyway uh this is the one where the two the couple went to a cabin to get away in fact they went to an island he was a writer i think cabin he was a writer and he had writer's block and his mm -hmm. wife kind of set him up where like she, she they um, brought him into the cabin. She's like, look, I got the typewriter already for you. So you can like have this time. And he's like, I just wanted to be away. So they had this little argument spat, you know, about this. And then all of a sudden she disappeared and he was going around with the flashlight, kind of freaked out in the dark, trying to figure out what was going on. Right. And so it never um, gets better. And it never gets better. Right. Never right gets from better. there. And, yeah, right. So I feel like this had um, some very strong Alan Wake vibes. I felt that a lot. Yeah. And so if you like that video game, I think that this is a game that you would very much enjoy playing. Also, um, if you've seen uh, Knock at the Cabin. Yep. This has some quotes from that in it. Yes. See if you can find them. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. So cool. there's some 
there's some there's some good there's some good references in here. Yeah. Um, here's one thing I don't like, and and um, I'm just gonna say it. Um, but you can choose to play either Alex or Charlie, which is cool. But because you can either play a male or female, they use non-gendered language in there, and sometimes I found it confusing. Right, like instead of saying like she or him, or there's a lot of theirs and days. There's a lot of theirs and days, and like just mm. sometimes just reading that can throw you off. Being like, well, they, who's they? Like, yeah. how many people? Is are there another person? Room? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, like sometimes that can throw you off a little bit. Um, and I want to be very clear that this was not done because of some woke thing or whatever. This was clearly done because they wanted to give you the choice of playing a male or female character. And just the way that it's written, they couldn't um, just like, you know, they couldn't just. Uh, yeah, they swap had to use the, the multiple out. story points for whichever one you had chosen. Yeah, yeah exactly. It makes sense. So, it yeah. makes sense. I, th- I thought they did an okay job with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. So, so would you um, recommend this as a buy? I would recommend it for someone who loved the starter box and loved the solo adventures. Chaosium mm-hmm. makes great solo adventures. If you've been down it? that road, how much does it cost? That's a great question. It's not out for sale right now, but let's see if they had a. Oh, I just totally. Ah, the white screen of life. Yeah, the white yeah. screen of life. Um, I yeah, because I mean, you know, my one playthrough, I got an hour and fifteen. I'm pretty sure if I played through it again, it would probably be about forty five minutes. Yeah. But um, I, you know, I think um, if it's like under thirty dollars, so, maybe. Let's see. Alone if it was twenty, against... I could. Pro- I would probably absolutely recommend it. So I think. Oh gosh, look at that. If this 20. is going, if this is like, so this is a hardbound book, right? It's fifteen dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. The PDF is like seven bucks, right? Totally. I mean, this is like nine dollars yeah. and twenty dollars. So. So yeah, twenty yeah. bucks. Absolutely for PDF eight bucks for a PDF, sure, you bet. Yeah. You're gonna get a couple you're gonna couple maybe three hours worth of enjoyment out of it. That'll be worth the money. Yeah, I mean like I, I think the measure that we like to use a lot of times is how much does it cost to go to the movie theaters? Yep. Right. Okay. And so you're paying like fifteen to eighteen dollars sometimes to yeah. or how many see, Chick-fil-A uh, to, sandwiches yeah. is this? <laughs> well in uh, they have a, a game master value too. If it gives you as the GM story ideas to build off of and mechanics mm-hmm. and a flow, mm-hmm. you can crib a lot of stuff out of this and customize it for your characters and what they're interested in, especially for less experienced GMs or, or GMs that are less experienced in the genre. Yeah. Um, they, they can be very, very helpful and enjoyable, fun and fun and helpful at the same time. Yep. 100%. I, I would totally recommend this for someone who's interested in getting into playing Call of Cthulhu that doesn't, that needs to kind of learn the genre a little bit more and how horror works, you yeah. know, like, cause um, there's some ups and downs, right? In this, again, it was kind of a roller coaster in here. And that's how horror is supposed to work. It's supposed it's to supposed go. To, it's supposed to play with you a little bit, right? Yeah. And so um, to do that, like, I think that these solo ones give a really, really good flavor of what this game is and what it's supposed to be. And I know that it helped me help set the tone when I went to go run the game for other people. Cause I understood the tone of the game, not just the mechanics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that that was great. And it teaches you not to have the monster, you know, 
eat the other person in the cabin in the first five minutes of the, of yep. the adventure. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and sometimes that takes learning. If you don't know it, if you're not, if you're not familiar with, if you not familiar producing a story in the genre. Right. hundred so, yeah. percent. Cool. So Good you stuff. guys can check this out. Go to chaosium.com. I'm sure it'll be up on there, but you can also go to chaosium.com slash solo dash call dash of dash Cthulhu solo call of Cthulhu. And you'll you'll find all of that stuff. You can probably also Google alone um, against the static, and it will pull up for you where you can where you can get it. So check it out. And uh, listen, we love Chaosium. Give them your money because it keeps them in business, and we keep getting cool products. So we do know. love Chaosium. I will give them an extra star just because it's Chaosium, and the production value is great, and and the writing was very good too. It's just yeah. pacing pacing and writing quality are not the same thing. Yeah, 100%. So thank you guys for listening to the show tonight. We hope you have a wonderful holidays coming up. Stay tuned for some of our episodes coming up in December, and we hope to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful night, and we'll see you at the tables. See ya. Bye.